0: Bridge Toll California Customer Service Number
1: Highway Miles to the Gallon Ford Focus Thailand Cave Rescue Operation What is Schema F Best Wine Bars in San Carlos California Best Western Hotels How old is Ronaldo What happened
0: with Big Gravel How long gift? before a wedding should I send out the date How many the, dates? Are in the first series use IMAP to playoffs.
1: check find email best on best other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find Robbie Ryan Stout Welcome here. to the
0: Voice of Search Podcast. Today we're going to discuss SEO in private equity firms. Joining us is Micah Fishner-Kershner, Kirshner, is the VP of SEO and content at TurnRiver Capital, which is a growth equity fund that operates in a partnership model with its investment companies. At its core strategy, TurnRiver's proprietary software growth playbooks are custom-made for growing profitable software companies. So far this week, Micah and I have talked about surviving an acquisition as an SEO. We talked about the difference between his role as a private equity firm SEO, as opposed to being in-house. And today we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about some of the differences between B2B and B2C SEO that Micah's recognized. this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. dot com slash awt. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with Micah Fisher Kirshner, the VP of SEO and Content at Turn River Capital. Micah, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you again. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. We've covered a lot of ground this week talking about what's it like for SEOs when they go through an acquisition. You, as somebody who works at a private equity firm, understands what the dynamics are. And yesterday we talked about what your role is as an SEO in private equity as opposed to in-house. And one of the things that came out of that conversation was you get to see a lot of different brands and how they structure your SEO. And you've built essentially a system and a template to organize specifically B2B SaaS SEO companies to maximize their impact with search. So having looked at a bunch of different companies and how they're doing SEOs, talk to me a little bit about what makes B2B versus B2C SEO different for you.
1: Yeah. What's interesting to me is how in the B2B world, how limited the number of product-oriented queries and then product-oriented pages there are. It's very much more content filled basically between kind of the benefits and features that are talked about at the, at the homepage or kind of the why us and want to buy. And then it completely jumps to just here's our guides, here's our resources, here's our blog. And this is something that I've noticed is kind of a large difference between what you see in B2C, where you've got category pages, product pages, very much hybrid of like people are willing to buy now, now, now. And so you have all these pages built for it, but you don't get that same concept of. You need product pages that people are looking for because they may not know what the product is and they're trying to find the right software. That's probably one of the interesting things I've noticed over my career when it comes to coming in and to these companies and building the structure, saying, "Hey." you're not addressing the needs of the user for what they're trying to find.
0: So is it that in the B2C market, people aren't looking for the type of categorization that they would in B2C and therefore the category style pages don't exist. You're getting less product pages, basically less volume overall, less less iteration, more content. Or is it just that the SEOs haven't realized that the buying experience is more like B2C and there's room for
1: growth? it's actually a function i think of both there is less volume and because there's less volume there's this natural inclination of nobody searching and think it's it's only in these kind of two extremes of homepage and branding and informational like learn more about x in terms of the content and that's kind of the what i've noticed is that there is volume there sometimes your competitors are have got it but they're not trying to attack those areas which users are searching for
0: it's funny, I'm going through this problem myself right now where we're rebranding my company to be from Ben J. Shap to I Hear Everything. And we're moving from what used to be my independent consulting company where I was helping do marketing strategy and and growth planning. What, why did I call it growth planning? Well, we were helping doing brand development and marketing strategy. I don't really do consulting that much anymore. And so now we're starting to scale the podcast monetization and growth products that we've built for this podcast and another other one. And so the fundamental reason why I'm talking about this is we're sitting here being like, hey, we got to put everything on the homepage. Let's just build one page so people understand who we are. And we've got three products. So maybe we'll do a product page for each one of our lines of business and then a contact form, and that's all we're doing. And you know, we'll have podcast content and stuff that we republish on the on the page. But I'm not thinking about what are our categories. I've got three products. So am I missing the boat? Am I not capturing search demand because there's a class of categories that people are looking for in podcast, in content as a service, in podcast networks, or is it really just as simple as I'm creating content for what we actually do?
1: Yeah. And far be it for me to. Define kind of what you you know for your specific business, but it's more of the the general. I would say, yeah, you're potentially missing the categories of what's out there uh, by being actually potentially too narrow in your definitions. So it may be that there is a larger market that may not be as directly onto kind of what your products are, but by addressing like here's where we cover this part of it, you're capturing the demand that is there who may not be uh, perfectly exact to what they've searched for. But it covers, let's say, ninety percent of it. So that's something that I've found has worked well because users are, and the intent of what they're trying to search for is not exact. They're when they're doing a, a three-word search of, or really two words plus software, they have a general feel of what that should be, but it's not an exact. This must exactly match this. And so I've done built out a number of pages, particularly you know back at Zendesk to where I am at Turnover today, and. It's interesting because there are sometimes subtle differences to what users are searching for, but the actual thing is is oftentimes rolled up to a higher category for what they're really looking for.
0: Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E.io. So talk to me about infrastructure. You work on SEO primarily in B2B, but you have experience in lots of different businesses. What do the tech stacks and sort of toolkits look like? And what's the difference between B2B and B2C?
1: The Probably the biggest tech stack difference is the fact that a lot of Salesforce is your... It's where you go for the source of truth. Whereas a lot of times in e-com, you can get away with Google Analytics as being your source of truth because of how easy and direct that can be to people purchasing right away. So with Salesforce as kind of the, the source of truth, you'll find that Google Analytics, which is kind of the common tool across all that a lot of SEOs are using, doesn't connect to it very easily. Data doesn't roll back in. And oftentimes, people sometimes don't know how to connect it. And Salesforce is not built for marketing. And so that you'll find that that's probably one of the largest issues and constraints that I've had in my career with, as an SEO in, in B2B is trying to get my data down to that level so I can directly attribute what I've done and showcase kind of line from my work to revenant. Other kinds of stacks often uh, I found that a lot of the sites are still are pretty much on WordPress. Whereas if you're an e-com, you, you know you're probably using some form of e-comm sol- software solution, whether you know from the newer, newer Shopify, Magento, that type of thing. Those often are they have kind of very much depending on the system, there's there's a lot more structure to them and kind of the limitations of what you can do and the flexibility. Whereas WordPress Lots of flexibility, but a lot of glut in terms, or a lot of bloat.
0: Gluttonous, because it's so bloated.
1: But yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I want this. I want this plugin and that plugin. And yeah. So basically, very bloated and it creates other types of issues. We're now suddenly trying to make changes is very difficult because it, it may break things if you want to change a, a technical infrastructure part of it. And so that the tech stack that's then built in that way is quite a bit different, where now you're having to like, Go and now build a new tech thing in order to get around that. You're just really adding more and more technical depth versus kind of within a a very specified structure that an e-commerce platform usually has.
0: I guess the last question I have for you is, you know, there's a difference between the type of content, less category content when you're in a B2B business. The tech stacks you're using are, they're obviously more CRM driven when you're in B2B. Talk to me about the people. You know, do you see a difference between the type of people that are successful in B2B as opposed to B2C? Are there specific characteristic traits or experiences that will make you thrive in one place versus another?
1: Yeah, I found that as an SEO, in B2B, you have to learn that you're not really the most important channel anymore. <laughs> Ecom often there's so many people who are looking for the product that that SEO gets to be kind of if you're not showing up in search, you're not doing well at all. Whereas in B2B, it's a different ballgame. And you're having to really share a lot of resources and you're really, and I'd almost say in a lot of ways, in a minority situation now, a very small minority. And so your ability to really work with others, work the politics of what that, how to work with others, understanding who is owning what because of that, as well as people who might be more dismissive about SEO, all that politicking, so to speak, becomes much more important and is what is a successful SEO in those companies because you have to actually build in a knowledge and foundation right at the start. Whereas in e-com, it's kind of understood that it has to be there.
0: My thought about the difference between the type of people is if you are great at being a like a sniper as an SEO, then you're going to be very successful in B2B. If you are great at operating a machine gun, B2C is probably your space, right? If you can create a lot of content, if you can manage large sites, lots of complexity, constantly moving, and you're just, I don't know, trying to manage the flow of the ocean, that to me is B2C marketing. You have to be very precise, strategic, understand your customers, and honestly be a little bit more integrated into the marketing team. That tends to be the B2B type SEOs. Michael, you're in the perfect place to talk to us about the differences between B2B and B2C because you get to see so many different types of SEOs and work with them. I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your expertise with us. I was
1: happy to be here. And- Enjoyed every
0: bit. All right. That wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks to Micah fisher Kirschner, the VP of SEO and content at Turn River Capital. If you'd like to get in touch with Micah, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Micah FK. That's M-I-C-A-H-F-K. Or you could visit his company's website, which is turnriver.com.